What's good about cars? The people. The people that come and we talk and we have stories. Everybody has a different story about everything and different things, you know. And they're all from different walks of life, you know. They're not just, you know, hot rod guys. They do different things that we talk about, see what the world's all about. Hello, my name is Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast that celebrates everyday people making good happen each and every day. Now, if you've listened before, you might be in a little bit of a panic. You're like, hey, that doesn't sound like Steve was in the studio at the beginning we just heard, and where's the people saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, and you're entering a world gone good? Well, guess what, everybody? <laughs> we decided, I decided that 2024 was going to be the year where we, what? What did I say? What was my my revolution from last week that I shared? That's right. Eliminate expectations. So that is the main thrust of today. So much so that I usually write this whole list down of things I'm going to tell you. I haven't written pretty much anything down. I have some notes, handwritten notes. Might have to put my glasses on. But I normally make this really, you know, cool looking document. I read from it. And you think I'm just talking off the cuff because I'm such a good actor. Um, but no, today we're eliminating expectations, all expectations out the window, including the studio out the window. I've left the studio as you're about to hear. Before we get to any of that, I want to say really quickly, are you following us? That's a good thing we got to talk about real quick that I'm remembering, see, because I don't have my notes. Are you following us on social media? Well, you definitely should be. Look us up on Instagram. We are at World Gone Good Podcast. We will follow you back if you follow us. And check out our Patreon page. It's World Gone Good. It's patreon.com, rather, slash World Gone Good. See? Again, eliminating expectations that I'm going to get things right. Patreon.com slash World Gone Good. Come follow us. Come support the show. And get more good. Okay, fade the music down. Okay, the music's fading down. We're eliminating expectations that I'm doing this right. And we're going for it. Okay, let me tell you what happened. So I swim. I think I've mentioned this some here before. And I usually swim two to three days a week, but almost every Sunday. That's a given. It's definitely on Sundays. It's usually the quietest day at my pool. And I usually get there around mm, between eight and nine. So I keep going every Sunday. I come out of the gym and to the right across the street is the DMV. And every Sunday... I see this group of people gather with these old cars, like classic cars. And for the longest time, I'm like, what is happening over there? And I kept looking over there and I just, you know, went to the left, got my own car or as I've been doing now, walked home, didn't think one way or about it the other. And then one day recently, I come out after my swim, I glance over at the DMV, I see all of them and I think to myself, I'm going to go over and find out what that is because I think something good's going on over there. And I'm going to be so brave. I'm just going to see if any of them will record with me. Now, here's something you need to know about me, which is I'm a very bold person. Like, I'm not afraid of making change, taking chances, jumping, sometimes when I shouldn't jump, (laughs) but I'll go for it. Um, But I had this weird, like, the thump thump in my heart. Like, I can't explain it because here I am looking at these people and they're all of varying ages, I could see 20-somethings were out there and then 30-somethings, and it went way up. I mean, way up. And I just thought to myself, what if they just don't want me to be part of their group? And what if they look at me and they're like, podcast? I don't want to be on some stupid podcast. 
And then I thought, no, eliminate the expectation of that. Why am I expecting them not to want me to be part of their group? Why am I expecting them not to want to talk to me? I'm a person. They're a person. And so I walked over to this amazing group of people and I walked up to one or two of them and I said, hey, I do this podcast and I showed them, you know, on um, our website what the podcast looks like so they know I'm legit. And I asked them, can I record you? And like almost in unison, they all say, no, you need to go talk to him. They point at this guy. When I recorded this, it was right around Christmas. So he had the Santa hat on and they say, go talk to him. Go talk to, and I'm going to quote them, Dirty Pete. That is his name. And I'm already nervous to go over and talk to people as it is. But when you tell me your name, uh, your surname rather, starts with the word dirty, this could go so many ways. So I'm like, I'm just going to be bold. I'm going to walk over to Dirty Pete and ask him, what is going on in this parking lot? Okay, so every Sunday I'm out here at the gym right over there, and I come out and I see this gathering of all these lovely people and these cars. What is happening? Okay, well this is Dirty Pete's parking lot. Everybody comes around with their hot rods. We have a good time. We share fr- stories with friends. We get to see new cars all the time. We have a, every, we're here every Sunday. This is our 15th week here. It's getting bigger every week. We're having a great time. And what is your name? My name is Dirty Pete. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how did you get the name Dirty Pete? Uh, I do I want to know. We don't have enough time. What's the clean version of the story of how you got the name Dirty Pete? Oh, no. I When I was young, okay, yeah. I would buy and sell cars for people, to people. Yeah. And I didn't give a shit what happened. It broke down the next day. I didn't care about that, okay? So I got the name of Dirty Pete with the car, <laughs> the car business. But now, when I do deal with people, it's all right above board. We have more fun than everything. We, we do the hot rod thing. We have a lot of friends here. We have a great time. Which of these cars is yours? That old truck. My 50 Chevy truck is mine. And have you had it since 1957, or did you buy no, it? No, no, no. I, I built it about you built five, it? five years ago, yeah. I oh. took it completely apart, and everything on it is brand new, except the paint job, okay? Holy cow. And it runs? It's 550 horse. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, over, overdrive transmission. Right there. I can drive this thing in New York and back. Oh, all, all on the airbag. If I, if I push the button, it goes down on the ground, leaves on the ground. So. <laughs> Uh, diesel or regular fuel? Regular fuel. Okay, good man. Good man. I came that close to making it electric when we started building it. You oh, know? really? Yeah, I'm still thinking about changing it over to electric. Okay. To see what happens. Okay. Do you think it would hold up if you did that? Oh, I know. I'll we'll find out. I'm a builder. I build everything <laughs> the right way. I've been doing it for, since I was a kid. What What gives you joy? What's good about cars? The people. The people that come and we talk and we have stories. Everybody has a different story about everything and different things, you know? And they're all from different walks of life, you know, they're not just, you know, hot rod guys. They do different things that we talk about, see what the world's all about. I honestly have to tell you, he could not have been nicer. Like, he was so nice. All smiles. He, like, put his arm around me, was pointing at cars, told me all about his car, told me about all the people. He he loved it. He also was funny because I think he felt like he was on some sort of live radio broadcasting thing because of his answers and his enthusiasm. But, um, you know, maybe I should explain it better when I record for people. It, what I really got from him, though, and and you're going to hear a lot of this in this 
episode is a really great sense of community. And that's what I really was hoping to talk to them all about. So there were several women there, and I asked a few, and they shied away from me. But I got to speak to one woman named Joanne. And um, the first thing she did was ask me if I had already spoken to Dirty Pete. Like, Dirty Pete is their idol. Dirty Pete is their Jesus, if you will. (laughs) No pressure, Dirty Pete. Everyone keeps asking me, did I talk to Pete? Of course I talked to Pete. <laughs> tell, me, tell me your name. I'm Joanne. Joanne, and, and how are you associated with all this? My husband has a car. We have a 67 Barracuda convertible. Nice. And have you had it since 1967? No. We've had it about 10 years. Why a 1967 Barracuda? Him or you? Who decided? He did. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you want to do with the money? <laughs> no, we've done cars our whole lives. Yeah. What, what is it about cars? I grew up with my brother and my dad doing cars and my husband doing cars. We've been married 52 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. No we, murder yet. Haven't killed each other no, yet. I haven't. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. <laughs> and we've uh, done about 500 cars. Wow. So, yeah. He's totally restored them and bring them back to like new. How many of these cars do you still have? Just this one. For just now. this one. And he just bought a 57 Ford Wagon. So wow. that's the next project. Is there a dream car that y'all want to find that, that's on your list? We've had them all. Oh, really? <laughs> and do you have a favorite? I had a Corvette and I had a Camaro that I loved. No. What, what is it about it? Is it a nostalgia thing? Is it a taking you back to your childhood? Is it just, it just feels good? It feels good. I mean, I've done it all my life, so it's part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's perfect in the background right there, that, that noise right there. What do you think about today's cars in comparison? I don't care for them. And why is that? Well, you don't... They all look the same. Yeah. You so, don't know a Ford from a Chevy, from a Plymouth, from a Dodge. You have no clue who they are. Right. So character's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. And do you feel... This sounds weird, but do you feel that a part of you is in each of these cars? A little bit, yeah. Because okay. we've restored so many of them. Amazing. And this group that comes out here every Sunday, how often do you come out and what, what is the journey here? Why do you come out to this? Well, I've gotten to know all these guys, so and we do um, other events besides this. We at Pete's house, we have a big I've, I've heard Pete's. I was invited. I was invited. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so we go and I help organize food, and it's just fun. We all and all the women come as well usually, and so we all hang out together. And we just did a big dinner at Harry's, and so it's fun. Cars are community. Exactly. I thought what would make this recording really fun is if I give you a little more information about the cars that everybody talks about, you know, that I've recorded. So Joanne just talked about her Barracuda convertible from 1967. I thought it would be fun if I give you some, you know, just some information about it. First of all, in 1967, you could pick up a Plymouth Barracuda convertible for $2,860. That's it. Now, today, they sell, resell between $24,000 and $40,000. But you could get one back then for under $2,900. But here's the thing. That 67 Barracuda convertible, what makes it so good is that the convertibles, they only manufactured 4228 That's it. That's all the ones that are out there. And Joanne and her husband have one, which I think is just so freaking cool. Um, Plymouth was out to win people over with their new design and redesign models. 
And they wanted this fresh new styling from the previous year's Valiant. Um, and so that's where the Barracuda convertible came from. She also mentioned a 1957 Ford wagon, which you could pick up for $2,400 in 1957. So I already told you that there were 4,228 Barracudas made. Guess how many 57 Ford wagons there were? Just a few more. 60,486 were made in 1957. They were a fourth generation ranch wagon. And uh, they, Ford, made station wagons from the years 1950, and they wrapped up making them in 1991 because what took over? That's right, baby, the mom minivan. (laughs) The Country Squire was the flagship Ford station wagon, and they made them from 1955 to 1968. And this was the one I was standing with Joanne and looking at that she has. I went over and met another twosome who looked like they would be fun to talk to. They were really having an intense talk. This is my conversation I had with Richard and Dave. Okay, so just tell me your name. Richard Mann. And your name is? Dave Cannon. Okay, great. What are your social security numbers? I'm totally kidding. Guys, this happens every Sunday. Yes. Is this your first time out here? No. Oh, gosh. Yes. This is your first time here? First time here. Yesterday, I was at the Porsche Club meeting and uh, will brought his vw over and he says oh they're meeting here now uh since covid they moved it around several times they used to go up to chapala right on and uh and uh macy's they used to do it yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, then covid hit and, and here we are outside they needed a Montecito for a while but now it's here because nobody's bothering them because it's a you know this is a this belongs to the to, to everybody in california because it's a dmv, it's, a DMV. Yeah, it's a perfect exactly. location right. how many times how long have you been coming here it's been a couple. I, he said it's been well, 15 Well, let let's go the other way. Okay. This car? Yeah. I bought when my first son was born. Oh, my God. And he's going to be 50 next month. <laughs> so I've had this car 50 years. Wow. So and what I kind did, of car it is? Tell everybody. Uh, it's a 41 Buick. Super beautiful. convertible. Beautiful. Yes. And Dave has this beautiful um, Corvair convertible over there. Yeah. And when did you get yours? Uh, about 12 years ago. So you've had yours a little bit longer. Yeah, but he has a one he's had for a long time, too. But you have the... Uh, well, I have a 65 Porsche C-Coupe that I've been driving for 45 years. Wow. Wow, wow, so wow. older people with older cars, basically, yeah. is okay, what we are. Right. You're not that... I'm, I'm only two, three years older than this car. It's okay. 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 <laughs> so let me ask you about the car itself. Why this car, and why have you held on to it this long? Oh, wow, that's a good question. I was, uh, I was a struggling artist in my prior life, and um, my bride and I were having our first baby, and I wanted to have something for him and I to work on together, and uh, so I bought the car. Turns out he has absolutely no interest in cars. His brother has no interest in cars, but I do, so I've kept a car, and this is my hobby. I buy, sell, trade Buick parts. That's what I love to do. What color would we call this? Eggplant? No, well, it's, it would be eggplant in... In the non-car car world, in this is a Buick color. Original Buick color is called Titan uh, Maroon. Nice. Yeah. And it runs regular gas, diesel. What are we talking? Oh, it's, it's gas. It's, it's gas. regular gas, yeah. And what are we getting to mileage-wise? Oh, we're not caring. <laughs> if we care, then we shouldn't be driving it. I mean, I care about the environment, don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, I... Yeah. yeah. There's a nostalgia here. There's a big... Well, I have this car, and my regular car is a, is a, a BMW... It's a uh, three-year-old car, and I have 14,000 miles on it. I will get in this car and drive it 
every day if I can, because someday I'm not going to be able to drive it. As you get to be older, you're a young guy, but as we get to be older, we won't be able to drive them. So I love to drive it every day. And your cars, where, where did the passion start? Why the why cars? Well, mine started. I had a I was a, a, a music major in in high school, and I always wanted a Porsche because my music teacher drove a beautiful. Like that guy. Like that that's guy. Why, that's why they keep moving this around because people do that in in, in residential neighborhoods, and that's why they've. they've that's so it. funny. Go ahead. So you're a music major. I was a music major in high school, and and my music teacher drove a beautiful 1967 911s, and uh, I just became fascinated with the car. And his wife drove a Shelby 350, and I go, wow! If I stay with music, I'll be able to drive a Porsche. Well, when I became 17 and able to drive, I wanted to get a, a, a Porsche, but I was living at home, and my dad says, "No, the car's not the the insurance on the car was more than the than the car, and uh, you're not doing that." So I had to wait till I was 25 years old because insurance rates dropped. Sure, sure. And as soon as I was, I got my Porsche, and uh, I've been driving it for 45. My wife drove it every day for work. Uh, as a daily driver, and uh, you know that's what we've been doing. The Corvair, uh, I wanted one when I was 11 years old, and but my dad needed to get a uh, a station wagon sure. for work back in '63, '64, and uh, I had to wait. And one day I saw one at a show, and I go, "Wow, look at that! That's a pretty nice car. I'm gonna get it," and I did. My wife was fit to be tied when I brought it home. Now, Richard mentioned when we were talking about his 1941 Buick Super Convertible. And in 1941, Buick made a total of how many cars? 278,784 cars made by Buick that year. Uh, This, though, the Buick Super Convertible of 1941 is a robust eight-cylinder engine with 125 factory-rated horsepower. That's a pretty powerful little car there it was produced from 1940 to 1958 uh there was a brief hiatus though from 1943 to 1945 any guesses why anyone want to guess yep the war world war ii uh put a little pause and they came back in 45 originally the 1941 buick super convertible sold for nine hundred dollars to twenty three hundred bucks and that Titan maroon color that he spoke about, that I foolishly called uh, eggplant, I believe. <laughs> Here's the color code for it if you want to go get it. It's 246-33031-M. I just thought you should know that. Now, Dave talked about a 1965 Porsche C-Coupe. Today, you're looking at a resale value, if you want to go find one, on the low end of $86,000. And they go all the way up to $129,500. The warranty, I love this. The warranty for the 356 development uh, was so thorough that the 1965 dealer warranty averaged, are you ready for this? Take a guess. I'm gonna let you guess. What do you think the warranty was on this? Okay, are you ready for this? It's such a well-produced machine. It's $8.38 Per car. That was the warranty. Can you believe that? Total produce of this model, 13508 And the original listed price, 
$990, the lowest resale price ever for a 1965 Porsche C Coupe was on January 30th, 2022. So not that long ago for, ready for this? $10,750. What kind of, what kind of condition was that in? There's two more guys I wanted to talk to and I wanted to talk to them for a specific reason because what was interesting about them that I noticed is, well, was or is their age difference. Okay, so just tell me your name. Uh, Scott. Aaron. I love that it revved up just as you said that. Darren? Aaron. Aaron, God, geez, the timing could not be better. I know we were over there and that was a boom across. How long have you guys been coming out to this? Um, for me, like, I started this year when I moved back. So about like, what, nine? No, like, like 11 months. And you, how long have you been? As long as it's been open. Yeah, as long as they've been doing it. Really long time. <laughs> how long have they been doing it? How long? Well, this one actually just started recently, like in the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah so did I heard. And before they had a cars and coffee, that was all, I've been following around all over. That started like on Coast Village Road. Yeah. And uh, I would just drive by my had a '67 230 SL, and they would wave me in back then, and just like come hang out. And so ever since then, I've been coming to Cars and Coffee. But we like this one a little bit better now. Just, just different, you know. Well, it's COVID safe. Yeah. And it's also outside. Yeah. It's by the freeway, so you can be as loud as you want as because they're want. being we as loud. You can take off and nobody gets mad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what is it about cars and community? Is there a connection for them? Uh, well, yeah, I think so. You know, it's a, it's a passion, right? So, you know, you got all these people out here trying to keep these old cars alive where most people, you know, if they were just off the junk, would just take them to the junkyard. So well, and just- everybody's different. And everybody likes a different car, but we're all here together because of the cars, not because of what, like, not just Chevy dudes or Ford guys. So to me, it really is the community that comes out because of the old cars. So we're all here, like, say, not just on one thing. We're here because everybody likes the cars. And we're all car people, not just, you know, like a Chevy guy or, you know, or or Volkswagen guy. Right. And there's some generational stuff going on because, believe it or not, he and I, are closer in age yeah. than you are. Yes. So that said, uh, what is it um, about cars your whole life? Is it a whole life thing? Is it a recent thing? Um, I always like older cars <laughs> and everything. I, I mean, I have a Volkswagen Beetle, and I, you know, you grew up on drive down the freeway playing punch buggy and stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's and slug bug, slug bug. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and everything like that. So you know, that's what kind of always drew me to that car because you would see them eat, and they were, I mean. You know, you're talking about 20 years, they were a little bit more popular and stuff, but they're even more a little rare now. So, like, even just seeing one in, like, the wild and stuff, you're like, oh, my God, bug, you know, and stuff like that. So you get, you know, you you kind of keep it alive and stuff. It's just like a nostalgia thing for me, especially with Volkswagens. Yeah. So cars make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've got a shop, so. Oh, nice. It's my profession, too. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Cars make you you feel good about money, but I get you. I get you. My whole life, I've been a car kid. Yeah. I just, as long as I can remember, always cars, so. There is a book I have, and in the very first chapter, it's it's ten chapters, and it's like to to like learn, get you to learn to be in the moment, get you to really like be focused. And in chapter one, she talks about picture a yellow or gold bug, and she says, "Now I want you to picture it. I want you to picture it." And she's so specific about it. She tells you exactly what it looks like. It's the old kind. It's not one of the newer ones. And then she goes, "And now in the next." 24 hours, you're going to see at least one, I promise you. And I go, whatever, lady, your stupid book. And I'm like, this fucking book. And I put the book down. Two hours later, I'm up at Daily Grind 
and walking out and this jerk drives up in a gold bug I'm like Jesus Christ this is the greatest book I've ever read in my life <laughs> yeah, yeah. right yeah. so there is a, there's a car connection we, we are somehow connected to it and there's a community connection that's one of the other last thing I want to talk about really quickly what is it about this community for you again it's everybody it's, there's no nothing it's just we all love cars it's, and we don't care we just love cars so come and hang out and enjoy yourself and you? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. You know, everyone, you know, you show your car off and stuff, and they like what you did it, and then you like what other people do to their car and stuff. And it's not like no one's out here, like, nitpicking, like, any sort of details, like, oh, that's not right. That's, you know, that's a oh, different yeah, year. We do, or that too. we do that, too. A little bit. <laughs> but we don't, we don't, I mean, it's not as serious, though. Like, we're like, oh, you know, like, but it's it's just more like, you know, like the passion, you know. Like, most of these people work on their cars, and, you know, that's kind of rare these days you know a lot of people just oh yeah just take it somebody and like fix it and no one really puts or it. just have it for three years on a lease and go get the next one yeah yeah you know well, they, even if you think about that like that's not even recycling like that's like bad for the environment <laughs> you know i mean honestly like yeah and people well anyways 50 years ago you wouldn't you wouldn't even imagine selling your car for 10 or 15 years and then you would give it to probably your son or your somebody young and they would drive it for another 15 or 20 years now we're such a reuse and recycle or we throw away we don't really reuse he was just here yeah, yeah. just left right now. no but what you're saying matters well, yeah. what you're yeah, saying yeah, matters because yeah, yeah, yeah. to me especially with the electric cars you got to go and dig all this crap out of the earth right and these cars are already driving they drive great so drive an old car enjoy it but you know you don't have to have uh, full coverage insurance you don't have to have a, a, a monthly payment you, you know, if it breaks down that month, well, yeah, you got, might have to pay 500 that month or but whatever. It's like, again, it's to me, it's like that you're saving everything, including yourself. And it's fun and they're nice and it, it makes me happy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially when people like, you know, they give you a thumbs up or something or they, you All know, the they time. want to take pictures of the car and stuff like that. It's, it's cool. Know, yeah. You get like kind of good feeling and stuff like that. It's like a cool factor almost, you know. So what I loved about talking to all these people was that sense of community and the friendship and the smiles on all their faces. There was like no judgment like we just heard. It's like it, whatever you're into, they're into because it's just a giant community of people who really appreciate the quality that was made of these cars, the good of getting one of these cars, the dream of owning one, and just sharing it with each other. And it was something really cool, too, was the nostalgia factor, which he just mentioned. I loved watching their eyes light up as they talked about their, their babies. <laughs> it's like me talking about my dogs. As always, we end the show with the same question that we ask every week. It's not a question. It's a statement to finish. Tell me something good. Well, we're here. I'm giving my free donuts today. We give a joy. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Here we are. It's a good day. <laughs> if we had more time in the next broadcast, I'll give give you the three keys to life. Do you have them? Do you have them in bullet points? I have them in bullet points, but I, it takes a little while. So why, why don't we do that at another time? I will come back to get okay. those. Tell me something good. Anything? Well, it's a beautiful day. And uh, there couldn't be anything nicer than to share your good experiences with everybody in the rest of the world. It gives hope. Enjoy the moment, you know, just live your life one moment at a time. Don't think you have to, you know, have all these super nice things and stuff. Like, it's, it's all about the little things, man. They do add up and, you, don't, you know, you don't have to 
stress about anything. It's just just live live day by day and just be happy and just you know live. Tell me something good. Uh, I just think, especially through the Volkswagen, you meet a lot of really good good people. Uh, I recently ran into a couple guys that were on a lifelong journey from Oregon to Napa Valley or to uh, Palm Valley or something, Palm Desert, and uh, I found out that there was a. Uh, bucket list trip because the, one of the guys was dying of cancer and they were best friends and because of that they've since kept in touch with me and we've become great friends and it's just something that really hit felt great to me and I helped them and we didn't I didn't charge them and they were just like in amaze and awe about it and to me it's because they're still good people and we'll keep doing that and it's through cars because we love cars Richard had said He needed more time to give me his answer. And as I was leaving, he ran up calling my name and I turned around and he said, let me record that for you right now. So here's Richard's good. Here's Richard's three. uh, Well, I'm going to let him tell it. These are his three most important things, three most valuable life lessons, three good things he feels that we all need to have a happy, good life. There's three keys to life. The first one is the hardest one to attain and it's sometimes people don't do it the first time and that is to find a wonderful significant other so having that is that that's the kind of the foundation two is keeping yourself in reasonably good physical shape as best your body will allow and, and as your years will allow but three is kind of the bit of esoteric but it's having some ways to change some way to change gears so at the end of the day you can get out of the mood or this or the space you're in walk in the door and be the husband or boyfriend or girlfriend that you want to be and without having to do anything else. So I found 47 years ago when my second son was born, I learned transcendental meditation. So it doesn't have to be meditation. It can be something, it can be an app on a phone. It can be yoga, it can be whatever, but some way for you to change your, your gears. So I started doing it when my second son was born. I'd come home, I could be the father I wanted to be for my kids. I could be the husband I wanted to be for my bride because she had the hardest job was raising them. And it just has been fantastic. So 47 years later, I'm still meditating twice a day. So those are the three keys to life. Thank you, Dirty Pete, Joanne, Richard, and the rest of the good car folk for sharing your good and letting me get out of the studio and join you at Good Car Times. Next time on World Gone Good. When something feels really big and scary, we can scale it back to right now. We have one breath that we are breathing right now in this moment. And the past has already happened. The future hasn't happened yet. And even if we're feeling sad in this breath, all we need to do is breathe. All we need to do is be right here. We don't have to even worry about the next breath. And I think taking these big grandiose experiences that we have and scaling them down to the teeniest, tiniest version of that moment that we're in can make it easier for us to be in the present. It can make it easier for us to offer compassion to ourselves when we're having those emotions because all we have to do is breathe. Emily Lies is a brainiac. I say that playfully and seriously because she works with and does hypnosis that is focused on neuroplasticity. 
Say that 10 times fast. We are diving into our own brains to find out what makes us tick, why so many of us feel stuck right now, and how some bears in the woods play into all of this. Trust me, it's all going to make sense. This is one of the smartest episodes we've ever done. Mostly her, not me. I'm a moron, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, be good.